0: Mac Folklore Radio, read by Derek. The paradox of modern Apple is difficult to digest. The hardware is undeniably beautiful, but at least for me, the last new macOS features that improved my life were Spotlight, circa 2004, and Time Machine in 2007. Yesterday, I moved to a late 2023 MacBook Pro, and I intentionally set aside an afternoon to acclimate myself to macOS, whatever it's called this year, and to open every single application on my system at least once, so I could click through. I counted 43 security prompts, including four prompts for three different USB keyboards and a USB hub, ahead of time.
1: Hello, I'm a Mac. Mac has issued a salutation. Cancel or allow? Allow. And I'm a PC. You're a returning I- Mac salutation. Cancel or allow? Allow. Okay. What? But- Gives. Mac is asking a question, cancel or allow? Allow. He's part of Vista, my new operating system. PCs have a lot of security problems, so he asked me to authorize pretty much anything I do. You're pointing out Vista's flaws, cancel or allow? Allow. I could turn him off, but then he wouldn't give me any warnings at all, and that would defeat the purpose. So, you are coming to a sad realization, cancel or allow? Allow.
0: In my opinion, iOS has also never been more difficult to use or buggier. Remember the early 2010s when iPads were the hot new thing for seniors? That didn't last. Many iOS user interface elements now have contextual menus, triggered with a long press. Yes, I know there's an accessibility option that adjusts tap registration time. No, that doesn't help long presses. Yes, I've sent Apple feedback. No, they don't care. Yes, I know there's a fast or slow control for long presses now, but that's no match for my mother. I can't disable long presses. And I can't set the long press registration time to something safe for seniors, like 5 or 10 seconds. And so my mother is forever triggering contextual menus on her iPad. She hasn't developed the, oh, that was a mistake, let's make the menu go away, instinct that the rest of us have. So whenever I visit her, I pick up her iPad and close dozens of Safari windows and hundreds of tabs. Thank you for the auto-close option, Apple, but that's still not enough. Dismiss at least 50 separate mail.app windows. Did you know the share sheet stops working after about 20? And disengage private browsing. I designed and printed up three other Safari troubleshooting guides. How to escape split view. How to turn off the sidebar. And, trickiest of all, how to get Safari out of floating window mode. I've heard that Apple no longer does user testing, and if that's true, it really shows. And if it's not true, they've certainly never tested iOS on anyone over 30. I long for the days when Apple's human interface group tried to make our lives simpler. Steve Jobs demoing macOS 10.0 at Macworld San Francisco 2001.
1: I guess Sheets also illustrates something we're trying to do with macOS 10 that's really important to us. To make it more powerful, yet at the same time easier to use. And that's a tall order to do both of those at the same time. These are the kinds of things you might want to do in this new music revolution. And there are some products out there, these music players, that do some of that. The first one from Real Networks, this is Real Jukebox. Here's one from Microsoft, the Windows Media Player. Here's one from Music Match that HP OEMs for their machines. There's something that pops out right away. They are too complex. They're really difficult to learn and use. I've talked to so many people using them that don't even know three-fourths of the features because they're too complicated.
0: Macworld December 1992 The Iconoclast by Stephen Levy Trouble in Finder City I remember the good old days. We would sit on the porch swing, drink fresh lemonade or cheap bourbon, none of those wine coolers, and talk about Harry Truman. Every so often, a DOS guy would walk by the house. You could tell those DOS guys by their suits. When a DOS guy went by, Ma and Junior and I would get off the porch swing, lean over the railing, and razz the heck out of the poor bastard. Yo, DOS guy, we'd yell. How's your interface these days? Still using that consultant? You see, back in the old days... I'm talking mid-1980s, when you could just look at a fellow's computer and know what he was made of. Those DOS guys all had consultants. Had to. The only folks who could get to first base with DOS were wireheads and bureaucrats. You just about needed a soldering iron to copy a file. That's where the consultants came in. You would hire one of these dweebs to take the one or two applications you used, your spreadsheet and word processor probably, and he'd write something that let you sit at your computer and get you right there without dealing with DOS at all. First thing you'd see when you sat down was a little menu that let you copy a file, or rename one, or go straight to WordStar or Lotus123. The thing was called a shell. We thought it was a hoot. We were Macintosh guys. We had the Finder written for real people. All you had to do was wave the mouse around point to a picture, and what you wanted to do got done. Didn't need a shell to protect us. Who'd want a computer operating system that you needed to be protected from? DOS guys, that's who. So when they passed by, we'd hoot at them. Shells, we'd howl. Shells! And they'd turn all sorts of colors and hunch their heads down into their padded suit shoulders. They were mortified, just like they should have been. Wouldn't know user-friendly if it chewed their leg off. Not without a shell. Those days were something. Not like today. You'd never say today was something. A lady at the user group last week put her finger on it. There's trouble in Finder City, she said. A vein just about popped out of her neck as she said it. Lady had a point. Trouble in Finder City. It's been bothering me for quite a time, but I didn't want to come out and say it. Didn't want to give the DOS guys the satisfaction. But now I can't avoid it. Last summer I packed Ma and Junior into the three-quarter ton and we headed to the Mac World Expo. And what was Apple showing at its booth? A new package called At Ease. You install it in your Mac and instead of seeing the desktop, you get these pumped-up icons representing your applications and documents. To open them, you click on them. Not a good old-fashioned double-click, but a fancy-pants single-click. Whatever happened to old-time religion? You can't rename files or toss them in the trash can. You can't do much of anything. And you know why? It's a shell. A shell for the Finder. Used to be that when everything else went to hell, you could depend on the Finder desktop. Now we need to be protected from it, like it's some sort of disease. Like it was DOS. As soon as I saw those Appaloids at the booth single-clicking with at ease. I had to throw my lot in with the user group lady. There's trouble in Finder City, with a capital T. Birth of the Finder I don't know if you can really blame Apple for it. We all know the Mac's been shooting up like corn in August. More power, more disk space, more everything. Because of that, the Finder hasn't been itself for quite a while. Back when those young Appleheads first whipped up the Mac, 1984, when John Scully had barely stopped peddling sugar water, the machine had but 128 kilobytes of memory, and hard drives were the kind of thing you'd see on Star Trek. It didn't matter that pointing and clicking from one folder to the next couldn't move you too fast, because there was nowhere to go, really. But then Macs got more memory, and hard drives came, and got bigger and bigger and bigger, It became harder and harder to get around on the darn thing. And if you weren't careful, all the files you made would pile up or find themselves in strange folders or somehow get misplaced. And soon, finder cleaning became a regular chore, like cleaning the closets every spring. And besides that, people wanted more in the finder. More bells and whistles, crazy utilities, alarm clocks that could go off a year from when you set them, and screensavers, and virus fighters, and scrapbooks with multiple files, and address books, and picture browsers, and macros. Macros. And even something that put a moose on your screen. A stupid-looking moose that said dumb things at prearranged intervals.
2: Stick your tongue in the disk drive, just for fun.
0: And by then, we had multitasking. One application at a time was not enough for us. We wanted to do everything at once. But that just messed things up more. MANDATORY MULTITASKING IN IOS 15 Then there got to be the problem of finding things. A finder's got to find. A graphical interface like the finder was fine when you only had a few levels of files and folders, but when you had hundreds of files in dozens of folders, you'd go nuts trying to locate the one you wanted. You had to buy a utility to do the finding. I always had a sweet spot for on-location. Things got so, even when you knew where a folder was, it wasn't easy to get to it. You had to do so much pointing and clicking that you almost began to envy those DOS guys who could just type in a file name and get what they wanted. The folks at Apple saw the trouble in Finder City, but they promised us that everything was going to be all right. They would gussy up the whole business when System 7 came out. And so they did. Gave it a thorough dusting. It was a system for power users. We could stick in desk accessories without using that clunky installer. Never took a shine to that program anyway. As many DAs as we wanted, and we could throw in regular apps and even documents under the Apple menu. We could find things then, though the find file command was so downright wimpy that you still needed your utilities. But this new finder had the alias function which lets you clutter up your desktop with copies of copies of copies, so you would never be too far from a file you really needed. 7's Deadly Sins Yeah, the System 7 new Finder had lots of snappy features, but it was more complicated than anything that came before it. I'm not even going to talk about how much space it took up. Don't get me going on that. Consider the trash can. What could be simpler than a trash can to delete files? You drag a file to the trash can and it's gone. Well, in this new version, the trash doesn't get taken out unless you ask for it to happen. Now we hear stories all the time of people with no room on their hard drives because they didn't know that the trash can kept getting stuffed bigger and bigger. They had no idea that the trash man didn't come each time you put some refuse out. I never had this problem since in my town you have to haul your own garbage to the dump. Apple told people about it, but since the System 7 manual is about the size of the Old Testament, they never got to that part. And the trash story doesn't end there. Some slick hackers actually wound up writing utilities to manage the trash can. You can have the trash go out by the kind of file it is, or how long it's been drawing binary maggots in your trash can icon. Can you believe it? A utility for your trash can. Me, I still keep coming across things in the System 7 Finder that jack up my blood pressure. What drove me nuts for months was this problem I had saving files. I'd press the command for save, and then the dialog box wanted to know what folder I wanted the file to live in. So I'd navigate to the folder I wanted, like I was playing some adventure game like an overheated 15-year-old. When I was finally ready to save, I'd try typing in the name of the file, but the Mac would think that I was still looking to find a folder and would read my typing as if I were locating a file. I had to reach for the mouse, move the cursor to the file naming line, and then click. Finally, while talking to one of the folks working at Apple, I learned that hitting the tab key would do the same thing. I guess if I'd read that slick, Bible-sized manual, I would have figured it out myself. And then there's this business of inits. Every time I turn the machine on, a row of them flashes on the bottom of the screen, sporting their icons like billboards off the interstate. Half of the icons I don't even recognize, but I know they're in there. Almost every time I try a new program, I get a darned bomb box and have to relaunch the program with all the inits turned off. And of course, there are utilities to solve that problem too with names like Conflict Catcher. Why didn't Apple catch the idea that all these inits were going to have these conflicts? It breaks my heart to think about those inits, shoehorned into RAM like cats in the same alley, squirting memory blocks to mark territory, and scratching each other's eyes out when one dares cross another's line. Easy does it. So while the finder improved, it got more and more tangled. No one's more of a Mac guy than I am, but I admit to some bad moments last year when I brought in some folks to see the pride of my desktop. These folks were green, never touched a computer, and I thought I would show them how simple my Mac is to use. I flicked it on and began explaining, but by the time I got to the inits and control panels and aliases and hierarchical levels, they began looking at me like I was some beetle-headed techno-weenie. Like a DOS guy. I guess it's no wonder that Apple finally came out with a shell. Still, it breaks my heart. Not long after that expo, I called on a nice fellow at Apple named Dave Packman, the product manager for Ease. When speaking of Ease, he didn't use the word shell, of course. It's a friendly desktop that replaces the Finder, he said. It's directed to the home and education market and for people new to the Mac. It helps ensure success for novice users. Are you saying, Dave, that the finder isn't friendly? He's a nice fellow, but I couldn't help but rub it in. I try to use the word friendlier. Then he went on about how great Ease would be when you had other folks using your system. Vandalistic students, or playful kids, or virgin Mac users who just didn't know what the hell they were doing, and you didn't want your files in the wrong places or renamed or trashed. And I guess that Ease does the trick for them. I also think that for someone who has never used a Macintosh, at ease might help them get going a bit quicker. Though when I finally got a copy of the program myself, just to experiment with, mind you, you'll never see the thing on my machine, I came to think that a Mac beginner might do well not to go near at ease. It's like training wheels. Get used to them, and it'll take you longer time to learn to ride the bike. Sooner or later, you've got to skin your knee. And if you use at ease, you might get the boneheaded idea that you open files by single-clicking. This is not what God, or Steve Jobs, intended. What it boils down to is this. We ask the finder to do a lot for us, too damned much, and to be simple to boot. Maybe that's asking too much. Maybe the only way around it is to buy lots of utilities, or fool around in shells, or even read those bozo manuals or even hire a consultant. Whatever. The situation is a sorry shame, and I'm not going back out on the porch again until the matter is resolved. I'm sick of those DOS guys laughing at me. Stephen Levy's most recent book is Artificial Life, Pantheon, 1992. Macroscope. Mac Format, March 1995 The Hard Sell Dear Mr. Dixon For my North American listeners, substitute The Good Guys, Circuit City, CompUSA, or Future Shop for Dixons. Dear Mr. Dixon, I've noticed for a couple of years now that you've had a number of Macintoshes in your store in my local high street. I've also noticed that you don't seem to be shifting very many of them and I wondered if I could give you a bit of friendly advice. I'm also sending this letter to Mr. Comet, Mr. Argos, and all the other electronic stores who sell Macs, because you're all pretty much doing the same thing. First, can I say a word about At Ease? I know it's kid-proof and therefore stops anyone tinkering with the Mac, and I know that kids love to play with computers in stores and bugger them up. Indeed, I recall going into Smith's many years ago and typing, 10 print, your crap. Twenty go to ten into many an unsuspecting Oric, but look at the cost-benefit analysis here. At Ease takes away all the Mackishness of the Macintosh. It reduces its functionality to zero and gives totally the wrong impression of what it's like to use a Mac. Since nine tenths of the appeal of the Mac is what a joy it is to use, installing At Ease at one stroke removes the best sales point for the machine. Macs, left to their own devices, will sell themselves. Macs with at ease make good doorstops. Trying to sell Macintoshes while only showing a demo of at ease is like a garage displaying a car with no windscreen or dashboard and not letting you test drive it. Daft. I guess it would be useful if Apple took the time to write a little program that totally blocked off access to the system folder and stopped files being deleted with a password to protect it, but left the interface intact. It would probably take one of their engineers an afternoon and a pizza to write, and would instantly increase British Mac sales substantially. Hey, they could even do what they did with System 7.5 and, er, borrow ideas from what's already available. With System 7.5, what they've done is bolt on a handful of functions previously available via shareware utilities. For a new interface, they'd do well to take note of packages like Kid Desk and Launchpad reviewed this issue. Or, here's a radical idea, how about bundling one of those programs with each Mac? The other area where you hamper Mac sales is software. Here's Steve Jobs agreeing at Macworld San Francisco 1998.
1: But nowhere has the buying experience been as bad as the national resellers. And I've gotten over a thousand emails by people telling me how bad the buying experience has been at some of these big national resellers. Machines not plugged in, nobody knowing how to demo them, salespeople talking the customer into Wintel machines. One of the problems we got into is in a lot of these stores, they'd have two software sections, Mac and Windows. And all the stuff that ran on both was in the Windows software section. And so Mac customers would have a hard time finding it, and the Delta would, would look staggeringly greater than it really is.
0: My local store sells not one floppy of Mac software, but has a wall full of PC stuff. I know PC stuff sells more, but just imagine being a potential computer buyer in Dixon's. You like the idea of these Macintosh things because your mate has told you that they are dead simple to use, although the one in the shop doesn't seem to do a great deal. So you decide to browse the shelves to see what software you can get for it. You find PC word processors, PC spreadsheets, PC educational software, PC games, PC databases, PC weird CD-ROMs, but not a thing for the Mac. Now, are you going to stick to your mate's advice and go with this strangely crippled-looking Macintosh with no software, or go for the Windows PC that can run all those great programs? No contest, really, is it? Now, you might say that if you read magazines like Mac Format, you could find out about all the great stuff that's available for the Mac. But the average Dixons buyer doesn't. If they did, chances are they wouldn't be buying from Dixons in the first place. So, not to put too fine a point on it, you are spoiling the ship for a hapeth of tar. A few software packages and a way of displaying the Macs that uses the real Finder would have your sales rocketing. I guarantee it. I look forward to receiving a percentage of your increased profits. Yours sincerely, Joseph Morell. P.S. Love to Mrs. Dixon. Thanks once again to the unofficial Apple VHS archive for uploading this September 1992 user group connection tape featuring Dave Packman himself introducing At Ease.
2: As Keith mentioned, there's a lot we're doing in system software to really tailor the system to the needs of individual people and markets, because we're discovering that one size really doesn't fit all. At Ease is one of our first directional attempts at that. Um, And it's an enhancement to System 7, because after System 7 shipped, we spent a lot of time talking to people about how they use their Macintosh in home and education. And everyone kind of nodded their heads and said, yeah, it's great, but we have a lot of problems. We share our Mac with other people, whether you're a a parent with your children, or uh, an educator perhaps with students in the classroom university campuses you have a kiosk sitting out the, the kind of common issue is whenever it's your Macintosh you want to find it the way you left it um, and with curious people out there uh, some things tend to happen sometimes um, and rather than developing some kind of security package that's going to keep people away from your Macintosh right lock it out um, with passwords and say forget it you can't use the Mac uh, we wanted to enhance shared usage so what we've done here is set up this desktop with the applications and documents that me as the primary user want my guest users to see. So as a parent, I'll put in perhaps just the games and education packages that I want my, my kids at home to use, or as a teacher, just the, uh, the, the different documents that I want students to work on. And they can't move around anything, they can't rename them, they can't delete anything, um, but they can launch the application. So one click here on Teach Text, and an application will launch. You notice in the Apple menu, there's no control panels. That's intentional. That's so uh, people can't necessarily change our system settings. Now, in some cases, you really want some students to be able to change system settings, or you want your guest users maybe to change the bit depth of the monitor because the game requires you to do that, or, uh, or maybe the volume level of machines. So you can selectively add control panels to the add desktop, but not get to uh, the other control panels to maybe uh, change the desktop pattern or turn file sharing on. Any document we create from within At Ease, so any application we launch, when we save the document, it'll appear immediately in our applications page. Now in the event that you have more documents than fit on one page, we'll be able to page through. You can lock your hard disk and force users, uh, force your, your guests to save to floppy disks. So in lab situations, this is really important, right, a couple people are nodding their heads, because uh, hard disks are terribly difficult to administer when you allow uh, people to save wherever they'd like to we've done a couple things to make the system 7 experience a little nicer uh, you know with system 7 we have multitasking and when you click outside a window um, in system 7 the, the finder comes to the front right and all the your document disappears into the background and the windows from the finder come up and the menu bar changes well my mother finds this terribly confusing and so do a large amount of novice users so clicking outside a window and at ease won't cause the layer to change uh, instead You'll stay in the, within uh, the application. And in order to multitask, you have to learn to use the application menu. And you can go back to At and then launch another application at this time. The ad, because At runs instead of the Finder, you turn it on, it's a control panel, and it boots up at startup. Um, you save some memory. You get 200K back when you run At Ease. So you can run System 7 in about 8 to 900K with At Ease. <laughs> Now, in the event that, you know, let's say we're a parent or a teacher, we come up to the machine Now, we'd like to use it the way we're normally used to, you can go back to the Finder. You just enter your password. ease will disappear in the background and the Finder comes up. So now we're free to use the Macintosh the way we normally do. When we're all finished using the Finder, go back to ease and the Finder goes away, the machine's secure. So, uh, why is this product um, important? Well, I hope there's a lot of... Uh, um, benefit in the product. We think a lot of customers are you know, real excited about it. It's, it's solving a, a real-world problem, but it's a, it's a big step for Apple because we are learning how to customize the interface for different people and, and different types of customer needs. So this is one thing that will be available on these Macintoshes that Keith spoke about, um, and also something that's a standalone retail product, uh, much like Macintosh PC Exchange and QuickTime Starter Kit. It has a list price of $59. Uh, We're able to create a lot of visibility by bringing a product out and, you know, keeping the price fairly reasonable because we can get it carried in stores. Um, We can bring uh, the Apple name to software shelves. If you go into Egghead today, you see Windows, Windows, Windows software, and they they don't carry free product in the channel. So to put a $59 price tag on a product and put it out there, we create a lot of visibility for third-party developers. Um, We really legitimize the uh, Macintosh software market in a lot of channels, and we get the Apple name out. We get Macintosh's visibility up make a more viable platform. So used will be available through software resellers and Apple authorized dealers. We have education pricing. There's a 10-pack for education for $179, a multi-user licensing site, licensing, all that stuff.
0: Thanks for tuning in. You can find more stories or join the very quiet Discord server for this podcast at www.macfolkloreradio.com. It's
2: never too late to have a happy childhood. Are you trying to fix the problem, or are you tired of it? If you eat chocolate mousse, I'll never speak to you again. Just be yourself. That way no one can say you're doing it wrong. Fuzzy Wuzzy was a bear. Fuzzy Wuzzy had no hair. Fuzzy Wuzzy wasn't very fuzzy, Wuzzy. Everything you know is probably wrong. If someone offers you a copy of OS2, just say no. You are getting sleepy. Love means having to say you're sorry every five minutes.